It's a podcast. Hey, dude. Hey, how you doing, sir? It's been a little while. We're back again. We got picked up for series, baby. <laughs> Our producers, which is um, us two and Aaron, decided to pick us up for a full season. Well, that's why um, it's been so long. We had to fight with Aaron this whole time to, to keep the podcast <laughs> going. He was the one holdout. Like, he's like, please kill the show. Uh, what are you guys doing? This is a waste of time. Um, Can I, I be on it? I'm not yeah. going to let you continue unless I can be on it. You know, <laughs> well, you have to change up your whole order just to accommodate me. But, you know, his usual thing. <laughs> There's a 30% chance he comes on and goes, uh, hey, guys, I didn't watch the movie. I just wanted to harass you out of doing the show. So episode <laughs> ruined. <laughs> He just starts making beep beep noises everywhere. <laughs> but we can't hang up on him because producers, you know, you got to keep him in the game. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this week we're going to be flipping things around a little bit, um, as Missy Elliott once said. Uh, in a, in Sir, a this is an of... earnest podcast. I will have none of that here. <laughs> and the, the the name of this podcast is, of course, Hey Vern, it's a podcast. And what I'd like to do this week is do the uh, TV show episode first. Um, if you don't know what we do here. Uh, we barely know what we do here. We're on the same page right now. So let's start. Uh, Marcus will correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm Marcus Jones, by the way. <laughs> and I'm Pete Moran. Uh, and we are goofs. Marcus Jones is, of course, the illustrious gentleman uh, behind Crush Celluloid, uh, the podcast and the website, and as well as uh, Jean-Pod Van Damme. And Peter, of course, you know from the We Love to Watch show, uh, as well as his whole network that is hosting this podcast, um, and just from his boyish good looks. And I'm the Zodiac Killer. Oh, yes, yes, of course. I always forget to mention that. <laughs> David Fincher made a movie about me, but you can't fucking say that. <laughs> Uh, what is this show, Marcus? This is a podcast specifically about Ernest. It's a limited run series. We're doing 13 episodes. Yeah, because how long can it last, really? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, basically, basically we're kind of uh, matching up uh, one Ernest movie and one episode of his short-lived one-season kid show, uh, Haver and It's Ernest. And there were 13 episodes of that, so there will be 13 episodes of this, and we we're able to work out 13 earnest movies more or less to, to pair up with them uh so each episode we talk about one earnest movie and one episode of his kids tv show and just just you know just goof around on it do a couple of goof em ups you know goof em arounds goof em rolls um box socials uh hang em abouts <laughs> uh, sock hops sock hops yeah. um have i said goof em ups I, I think you did like okay. several times, perhaps. <laughs> so that's where we're at now. Already repeating ourselves on episode two. Yeah. Um, and of course, so we were originally going to go in chronological order, more or less. But it happens to be October. So we decided to get spooky. And we would have patience. But this is going to be a 13 episode run. So we're going to try and flip the way these episodes came out and do... Ernest Saves Christmas for December. 
mm-hmm. do uh, Ernest Scared Stupid for uh, for Spooktober for Halloween. Do and Ernest think- Fucks Up Thanksgiving for November. <laughs> hey, Vern, uh, fucked a turkey. and uh... <laughs> In that movie, Ernest fucks. <laughs> That'd be great if they were still making Ernest movies. He would have like, he would, you know, like the turducken? You would like add another animal on the outside of that and like bake it inside like an albatross or something. Yeah, and everything would catch fire. Everything would catch fire. And, and every, fire would... everyone would die in the fire except for Ernest who would somehow walk out unscathed. <laughs> he would even get to keep his fucking hat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there's tropes to the Ernest series that uh, we're going to get into as we go. But first, we're going to talk about a little episode of his TV show. Uh, called Hey Vern, It's Scary Things. Did I say that right? Yeah, absolutely you did. Uh, it's the third episode. Yeah, it's Hey Vern, It's Scary Things is the name of the episode. Well, I guess the name of the episode is just It's Scary Things, but each one is Hey Vern, It's Ernest, so it's Hey Vern, It's Scary Things. And I think the first one was It's Food. Yeah, we're going to be sticklers for uh naming conventions um we're never going to make a mistake about any of these movies um of course not we're a couple experts because we know out there there's like a whole audience of fact checkers about these earnest movies oh and i did finally get to uh to test out my hey vernet's earnest dvd that i bought from walmart recently for five dollars come to find out the uh videos that are on the dvd are of the same if not lower quality than what's on youtube (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is this like a, a roundabout like protest to like uh teach all of us uh, dumb hipster douchebags keep buying dvds myself very much included they, they are not trying anymore save some plastic uh maybe you know don't buy a disc and then they just want you to have to take home something that you throw away later because it's on youtube oh yeah well i mean there there's no like in like insert or booklet there's no uh episode listing or anything all that comes in it is a giant piece of paper that has a big download code on it oh my god (laughs) just like hey come on guy if you need it that bad here you go did you really have to buy this dvd that'd be funny if the download code was to youtube (laughs) it's just a link to youtube (laughs) there's no disc in there it's just telling you how to go to youtube and then the screen flashes and it just says dummy over and over (laughs) (laughs) that's the other thing we want to say is these movies are kind of dirt cheap like you can buy i think you can find most of them on amazon prime you can yeah if you have prime pretty much all the ones except like the the more popular ones like this uh earnest scared stupid that we're going to talk about today was not on prime you had to rent that because it's Halloween and because people are going to pay for it. I bought my Ernest DVD with like the first three or four movies for $4. So. Scary things. Yeah. What's the transition for this thing? Is this the transition right now? Am I doing it right now? Well, yeah. I mean, that's how you do a transition, right? You you make mention of the fact that you were doing a transition. Okay. We're transitioning now. We're talking about it's scary things. So well, let's sort of recap what the show's about. The show is like this like weird abstract concept show that they just keep coming back to a loose set of characters every week. Well, that's the thing is that I had never really watched this show. I, so the first episode I saw was the one we did in the pilot episode. So then seeing this another episode of it, I realize what it is now. And I realize it is just going to be these same bits and characters coming back every week, vaguely put around a certain theme. This one being scary things, but it's basically just the Ernest storyline is about scary things and they have scary transitions and stuff. But pretty much all the other ones 
most of them didn't have anything to do with scary things. They like pop through all these different uh, characters that you get used to and you have your favorites and you have ones that are never funny. The baby on this show is never funny. You have plenty of things that are downright terrifying. The baby kind of makes me uncomfortable. Uh, the tongue makes another appearance, who I do yes. not like. Uh, let's see. what the, <laughs> There was something that was actually... Oh, yeah. That, that fucking eraserhead baby of a, a dummy that Ernest makes of himself. That was terrifying. It's really wrong. It's, it breaks the rules of what you're allowed to show on television, but not in any sort of way that um, censors would pick up. Um, it's a sort of thing that haunts your dreams and nightmares for years to come. Yeah, it does. But we also, I mean, we do not only see a lot of the characters and the players that also appear in earnest movies uh, going forward, because it is kind of the same group of people that keep making these movies, uh, but also just a lot of the characters that we will also see in the earnest movies and things as we go along. Because uh, certain people show up like uh, Auntie Nelda, uh, Chuck and Bobby, of course, uh, just, you know, the things that, that Dr. Otto, things that will come up later. So the Dr. Otto thing feels like it should only be in this episode. Dr. Otto was also in Haver and it's food. I feel like Dr. Otto should be like hosting this episode or something. Oh, that would have been a good idea. Because he's the, he's the spooky guy. Dr. Otto is this man who has uh, fingers for hair. Well, fingers for hair makes it seem like it's a bit more extravagant than it is. He really just has a third hand on top of his head. Yeah. Fingers yes. for hair makes it seem like they put some money into that effects budget, but they did not. <laughs> the, the money was the worst PA job in the entire world. I guess you get to touch uh, beautiful Jim Varney's head, so maybe the best PA job in the world. Somewhere in between. It could have been like a, an Ernest fan club contest, and whoever wins gets to come on and be Otto's third hand on top of his head. <laughs> so in this, Otto decides to become a dentist because he thinks that'll be the one thing he can do to scare children, because this episode is about scary things. Mm -hmm. So he decides to become a dentist. He's very disappointed with the audience member, the figurative audience member who uh, doesn't have cavities and has been flossing and washing their teeth and, and such. So Dr. Otto just wants destruction of the universe. I mean, the, uh, how are dentists going to make money? Uh, I, I can kind of see it. Like when you're a little kid, like you're terrified of dentistry. And then like there's also like it goes to the tongue segment as well. The tongue segment, the tongue is like afraid of being operated on. Well, yeah, because there's also a giant needle that's putting Novocaine into the mouth and then the tongue falls asleep. I'm saying this movie uh, in the way that uh, it uh, you know, gave clowns a bad name. I'm saying this show helped give Dennis a bad name. Oh, I thought you were going to say tongues. <laughs> uh, so who else do we have here? We have uh, a new character that I don't think it was on the first episode, played by uh, uh, the guy that plays Chuck, uh, Matt Finish, photographer at large. He was in the last episode. Okay. It's not very funny. He's just sort of like this like ridiculous photographer who like is really excited about taking pictures of the audience member. A lot of these bits are super in your face because like the audience is going from Vern's perspective, I think. So it's all, a lot of characters talking right at the camera. Yeah, but half the time, whenever it's Ernest, it's Vern that he is talking to. But then whenever it's anyone else, they're just speaking directly to the audience. And that's why I say this show is like weirdly abstract and strange, because like no concept work was really done. It's just like, we got a bit, we got a bit, we got a bit, smash it together. Well, and that's the thing is that, well, I can't even say that completely. I was going to say basically the Ernest segments are kind of one continuous story. 
and then it cuts in all these random things that have nothing to do with the main Ernest story. But even like there are random ones with Ernest that don't add up because there's the scene where he goes to get a haircut. That's I don't even know why that's a scary thing, but he ends up getting a, a monkey head. <laughs> yeah, and he like is freaked out at first, and because of comic misdirection, he actually ends up liking the gorilla hair he has. Yeah, it was like, this could work. Yeah, so that's another thing about Ernest as a character in Revelation, is that in Revelations, they speak of Ernest. <laughs> in Revelation to this episode, Ernest is a character. One of the fun things about Ernest is that he's sometimes very open-minded and sometimes just rolls with the punches. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not this, like, dour dude who just, like, sits on his, his depression. Like, Ernest kind of can take some punishment, emotional and physical, and kind of roll with it. Yeah, and he always sees on the bright side of things. But I guess he kind of has to be open-minded, considering all the supernatural things that happen to him and all the times he should have been dead, and as much time as he spends with children in a way that isn't expected to be weird. Like, he kind of has to have an open mind, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but Ernest has seen the other side, and uh, he finds our human conventions kind of silly, and he dreams of a higher world, a higher plane. A higher world? It's pretty uh, good. It's pretty thank good. you. Thank you. Uh, do you agree with me that Ernest uh, seems uh, you know, clamped down by normal life, and he's just a, a dreamer, a schemer, and he's just trying to reach something higher at all times? He's a dreamer. He's an outsider. He just he doesn't fit into your neat little boxes world. Folks. Yeah. Folks. Don't put Ernest in a box. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like it if you put Ernest in a box. <laughs> um, oh, I did want to point out the barber when I talked about the haircutting scene. Um, he's going to show up again later because he was also the sheriff character and Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh, he was also in the first uh, episode because he was the second cook along with Chuck, uh, who I think was named like Jake and Ernest Goes to Camp. But he was like the, the guy that did the eggs thing with him. I've got questions about... Gaylord Sartain, mm-hmm. Gaylord Sartain. I have no idea how to say his name. It's very fancy sounding. Uh, it's very he's appropriate. A, he's a fancy him. man. Yeah, he's he's a portly gentleman. He's this comedic performer that Jim Varney kept around. John Cherry and, and and Coke Sam's kept around. Well, honestly, he's probably the biggest name out of the bunch, other than Varney, because he's an actual actor. Like he's been in a lot of good movies. <laughs> he was in like Mississippi Burning and stuff like that. Uh, most I think his most recent film was Elizabethtown, a few probably about a decade ago. He's in Fried Green Tomatoes. He's in uh, Ernest Saves Christmas, of course, if we're talking about, you know, sort of like award-winning movies. Yeah. Like, he's in all sorts of movies because he's this sort of fun, goofy comedian who is sort of pliable in a, in a similar way to Jim Varney, and they he keeps popping up in these movies. Of course, once you get past the theatrically released movies and start getting into the direct-to-video movies, the, the regulars start showing up less and less in these movies. There are a couple other people that showed up in multiple movies, but like the main cast from like the first four movies that would come back in different roles or playing the same characters kind of started to disappear (laughs) once the money started to disappear. I think part of the thing is kids would recognize his face. 
but cannot pronounce his name. A cannot pronounce his name, would not recognize him as a character, and he plays different characters. He played Jake the Cook, he played... uh, Which was a prototype of Chuck. Yes. They've changed who his sidekick is, he's not necessarily in the same role in every movie. It's it's an interesting thing that he kind of bounces around a little bit. Well, yeah, because they play different things, and I don't even know if you actually noticed it, but he was not an Ernest Scared Stupid. I did notice that he's not in it, because he has a very distinctive face, and he was very funny in Ernest Goes to Camp. And but they just replaced him with someone that looks kind of like him. It's kind of a bummer. But I was wondering, and I wonder if it's maybe just because he was too busy around that time, because in 1991, the year Ernest Scared Stupid came out, he was in Fried Green Tomatoes and Guilty by Suspicion. So maybe like his scheduling just didn't work out, and they were like, well, let's just get another guy that kind of looks like him. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna see if I can find anything for next week. I'm going to see if I can find anything about their relationship. because. But that uh, also means that they kind of introduced another aspect to the world which is that because they didn't just call him chuck in Ernest scared stupid they called him tom so there's a third brother in this dynamic there's chuck tom and bobby and possibly jake is a long lost brother (laughs) (laughs) there's a strange continuity to it uh there's also he plays different characters like matt finish as well Mm -hmm. and so yeah, I feel like that's why kids didn't get attached to him enough that he would stick around as, like, every single movie. Maybe if by the time they got to direct a video, if, like, kids knew Ernest and his buddy Chuck, maybe it would be a thing, but... Yeah, and I realize we're already kind of getting into the movie before we're supposed to. Um, I guess yeah. the, the only other characters that really show up, um, Mac and George, the, the unfunny guy with his iguana, uh, they have a little segment that doesn't work in here. Um, Auntie Nelda does show up, and I don't know, I guess just the way that the scene worked and how she was like scaring the children by being like we're gonna brush your hair with a metal brush and make you floss like i know and just looking at her and i saw the trailer for today or i saw something about uh boo to a medea halloween coming out and i'm just like did tyler perry just kind of swipe this from Ernest? like this kind of character <laughs> like kind of i guess made her a little bit different but just like even just the the whole character and the outfit and everything i was like it looks a little familiar it does look a little familiar. Um, the similar level of sassiness is there, mm-hmm. but Ernest never made uh, a whole movie about the character. So well, because I mean, dude had class. Because <laughs> the dude, he knew when to stop. Okay? <laughs> That's actually a joke from Ernest Scared Stupid. Yep. So my, my favorite segment in the first two episodes, uh, that just to kind of bring this home, is My Father the Clown, which is a fake sitcom about a clown family where a mother and her son, who clearly the son took after her. They're normies. Have, uh, normies. Uh, non-clowns have a husband and, uh, you know, a daughter in the family. So half the family is clowns, half the family is normies. And the joke is that the normies are just trying to, like, fucking make it through the day with (laughs) clowns. Trying to deal with it without just draining a glass or putting a bullet in their heads. (laughs) And it's, it's actually really funny. But honestly, I think you could take the same sketch... Put nineties uh, alt right alt alt right alt right nineties nineties comedians alt comedy comedians in there, and it could have been a state sketch if only with one addition. Yeah, you add the line at the end of every single episode. The the wife puts her head in her hands and goes, "Why did I fuck a clown?" <laughs> if uh, they did that every week, it could be a state sketch, right? Yeah, pretty much. 
And it could have been a much better children's TV show as well. <laughs> Which I guess, I guess we are kind of running out of steam on the TV show. There's, it's going to be hard to really talk about these episodes in depth. Mine is just like mentioning a couple bits here and there. Just because it goes by so quickly and like everything is just like 30 seconds to a minute. We didn't even talk about Ernest, I guess. Who His whole arc in this is that uh, he's reading a story about the boogeyman and then becomes scared of him and convinced that the boogeyman is in his house. So he goes uh, hunting a boogeyman. <laughs> Yes, uh, and he tries a bunch of different tactics, and when the episode kind of wears is when they use the same trick twice at the end, and it's like, you guys were fighting to get to 21 minutes, huh? Yeah, a little bit. I, I will say, though, there's one little bit in this that made me think that maybe I saw this as a child, or it reminded me of something else, that, and it's like a deep-seated thing in my, in my psyche that I can't quite put my finger on, but it's something that like drew something in me. like It, it, it stirred something in me when I saw it. But there's a scene where he's trying to like go under his bed to look for the boogeyman, and there's kind of an okay joke where he's just like, the boogeyman uh, hates pre-adolescent footwear. He hates yeah. tiny shoes. So there's like a <laughs> bunch of little like baby shoes like hanging out around the bed and he even has one hanging over the bed and then he kind of crawls under the bed and I don't know if I've seen this or it's just in something else kind of similar but like that stirred a deep-seated almost kind of like underlying fear in me somehow I could see that that's the weird thing is it shows one plant fears in you in a sort of lopsided way even if they're not trying to scare you or they're trying to show you that monsters aren't scary like shows can like establish ideas you're like well I never thought they would be under the bed yeah, Why'd well, it's just this? well, it's just it was the thing with the baby shoes around and hanging under the bed and him crawling under the baby shoes there. Like that's something to where it seems too specific to have just randomly been in something else. But as far as I know, I have not and could not have ever seen this TV show because it came out when I was a year old, and I doubt they did a whole lot of syndication or reruns or anything like that. Yeah, but, so I I was quite confused by that. Unless I happen to maybe have the episode on a tape at some point for some reason. Uh, the only thing it reminds me of is how in New Nightmare, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, it like going under the sheets kind of create like you can enter this like weird nightmare world underneath the sheets. Hmm. Well, it's it's the baby shoes. That's what, what did it. That's what triggered it. It was the baby shoes and the bed and especially like the baby shoes kind of hanging over the bed and climbing under the bed like that reminded me of something and drew some kind of fear out of me. I, I don't know why. Maybe you were just a Hemingway fan as a kid. Perhaps. You just really like the baby shoes story. <laughs> to kind of bring this home, um, I, there's one great line in the Ernest show uh, that I uh, thought of you for, Marcus. And it's, it's uh, boogeymen hate the buddy system. <laughs> yes, I, 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 did, I did quite like that. That, that was probably the, the funniest line in it. Um, and that's a great thing about the Ernest show is that Ernest's throwaway lines are always funnier than than like the, the written jokes. Yes, the echo is 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 like louder than the boom somehow. It's like the little the little lines that get in there are always the ones that make me laugh, but Ernest's like big inventions and stuff don't really make me laugh as much. Mm -hmm. But yeah. But yeah, throwaway lines like <laughs> boogie boogie uh, the boogeyman hates the buddy system. And I, I guess that's a good that's probably the lesson for kids and us you and me pete to take away from this show is that you know what we're not going to get scared and the monsters aren't going to get us as long as we stick together buddy buddy that's beautiful no namaste <laughs> yeah na namaste namaste know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
All right, back from the break. Uh, we are joined by Aaron Armstrong from uh, We Love to Watch, the podcast that I host in a, a uh, hostile takeover of Haver and It's a Podcast. Hold on. The podcast you host with me, not yes. joined by Aaron Armstrong <laughs> from the podcast that I host. <laughs> That is how he talks about the show when you're not around. <laughs> it's oh like, you know, gosh. the show that I host, I have that guy that does it with me, but it's that show I host. I mean, to be <laughs> honest, my joke coming in here was going to be like, Peter, this is where I recognize seeing you, but what's this other person that you've brought along with you? But you've, <laughs> you've like underlined and circled that joke uh, that I think it's just a real thing now. I don't think it's a joke. Um, so, so sure. I have to use the word co-host every time. There's not in this, like, does host imply singular host? There's only one. Because you said that I'm from the podcast, but like, <laughs> I'm the host, so I guess I, I'm the janitor or something. <laughs> like, he's from you're, We you're Love the to Watch. P. World of the podcast. <laughs> oh my God, that's the worst insult you could say to someone, I think. Uh, yeah, Aaron comes over and holds my boom mic. Yeah. And uh... <laughs> while you puke into a bucket, because we've been recording for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Doing your part and my part back to back. Yeah. Very happy to be here. Uh, it is weird to be uh, We're happy to have you. Uh, it is weird to be a guest, but I listened to your guys' first episode. And I really liked it. You know, when when Peter came to me and he's like, "Hey, it's not going to be weird, but just to let you know, uh, you don't have any issues if I do this Ernest podcast uh, with Marcus. You like Marcus? I'm going to do this Ernest podcast." And I'm like, "I mean, I got the hint because I couldn't think of another topic that I would have less knowledge of or less interest in." <laughs> So it was, it's like one of those things where like, well, yeah, you can come if you want, but I know you hate opera. So like, uh, <laughs> so, but we're going to the opera if that's what you want to do. So I imagine my surprise when I, th I got, I thought I had the message loud and clear that I was invited on the second episode uh, to, to, <laughs> to talk about um, a series of films. Which I don't know if you guys want to get into it now, but I have never seen a single one until last night. Oh, I thought you were going to say still haven't. I did not watch the movie. Still haven't. The way I always saw it was that you and I, you know, we got together, we set up ground rules, we decided we were in an open relationship. And then um, when I come to you and I'm like, I met someone, you're like, oh, oh, I thought... You know, I know we said we were in an open relationship, but I thought maybe, um, yeah, that's that's cool. It's great, great for you, uh, uh, Marcus. Yeah, he seems he's great. Yeah, you guys are gonna have a good. Oh, oh gonna talk about a uh, Ernest? Are you? Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's something I I guess I'm kind of lacking in. Yeah, well, knowledge. It, it was also weird Glad because you found someone, Pete. Oh, your first episode was an hour and 45 minutes? Oh, so it's like sort of a tantric Ernest <laughs> podcast. Got it. <laughs> it was also weird because you're like, and obviously uh, Marcus will be moving into our house called the We Love to Watch feed. <laughs> um, but it's fine. But there's a, in the house, the Gimp mask is zipped. Yeah, there's okay. there's a lot of room. You can know you're only in the house like sometimes mostly Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, Thursday. He's just going to come over on the occasional Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> this is good release release information order dates uh humor guys universal yeah it's also just this is becoming a therapy podcast for all of us <laughs> my my wife too i will say so you can also put my wife if you want to carry that over from we love to watch uh peter it's sort of a we love to watch thing. okay good then i'm gonna say it so many times tonight <laughs> but i did i explained she's like what are you recording again tonight and i explained what was going on she goes 
do you feel like Peter's cheating on you? (laughs) (laughs) It's also a thing that like, uh, you're like, oh, it's, it's just a summer fling. 13 episodes. Yeah, literally. Yeah, school will be back in session and we'll get down to the business. It's going to cause some strife, though, because even I, I didn't think Cole would care. And I, I don't think he really does. He's neglectful towards me. But I was just, I was out in the living room with him earlier and he was like, hey, you want to watch a movie or something? I was like, oh, I can't. I'm recording a podcast with Pete tonight. He's like, oh. Have fun. Again? <laughs> well, you have another. I mean, Cole must be a little bit beleaguered because you have now two podcasts without him. Like, Peter and I have worked on, uh, I think this is our fourth podcast we've worked on to some capacity. Only uh, this will be the third one that's ever released. We have a little uh, one in our back pocket for some day. So I'm still like in 75% of Peter's open relationships. Cole's in 33% of the relationships that you got going. Well, dude needs to show up and put forth some effort and show me that he's serious. Because <laughs> we've been recording episodes less than I think living together has been terrible for us doing podcasts because we just see each other every day. So it used to be like we lived in different states. So we talk to each other once a week doing a podcast and be excited to talk to each other. But now it's just like, uh, I'm just going to do my own thing tonight, man. <laughs> I will say, uh, as the, uh, you know, the co-parent of a podcast with Aaron, uh, Aaron is a a very good co-parent about podcast duties. So uh, thank you, Aaron. Um, And thank you very much for coming. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Yeah, let's get out of this. So, so, so Aaron, what is your history? What is your history with uh, a good old Ernest? Ernest P. Warren. So my history is uh, almost non-existent. I had never seen an Ernest movie. I'd never seen really anything Ernest except for um, 10 Until minutes. you were in your 30s. So I was in my 30s. I did see – so uh, we had some friends, uh, these neighbors that we used to hang out with. They always had HBO on and I remember watching – 10 minutes of uh, Ernest Goes to Jail, the part where he gets electrified. Uh, I think they try to put him on death row, and then he gets uh, the electricity powers instead. Great for a kid's movie. A lot of good lessons there. Uh, (laughs) Spoilers, too, for your uh, Ernest Goes to Jail episode. So, And I was like, oh, that's that Ernest that I've seen in the video store. And I watched it for a couple minutes, and, and everything about the aesthetic that I was seeing... Uh, my nine-year-old body rejected wholly. I was like, I don't care for any of this. And so much I was so – but no one I knew really watched the Ernest movies. So, you know, that kind of thing where you find out movies, if, if you're not aware of them or you're not picking them out, like I, I none of my friends ever talked about Ernest. Uh, I can't ever remember going over to anyone's house to watch anything Ernest. I was so – didn't understand what Ernest was. Um, it wasn't until – Years later, so uh, there was there was all these like straight to DVD or sorry, straight to VHS, just like mini movies, like 30, 40 minute specials. They were everywhere Mm -hmm. and there'd be series. That's what I assumed Ernest was. I did not know these were like theatrically released movies or anything like that. I just thought they were like this fun series of of little VHS 30 minute tapes about this Ernest guy and it like Mary Kate and Ashley adventures or something. Sure. Yeah. And when I, I actually saw my first preview and I remember it because it was for Ernest scared stupid. And I saw the preview in a, watching some other movie, the movie theater. And I remember thinking to myself, Oh, they're actually like making these for movie theaters now. 
Like, I didn't know that that actually that was one of the last ones to be released and all these other ones had been released. So my my earnest knowledge was completely lacking. But on top of that, again, from the little dose that I got, I will say I really didn't I didn't like it. Nothing. I didn't like it at all. Like, Ooh. I mean, everything about it just it honestly like I don't even know how to describe. It. You know that feeling where you're just watching something or doing something and you're just like uncomfortable and you want to get out of the situation. I I remember that watching those ten minutes of Ernest goes to jail. It was just this is unpleasant in a way that my nine year old self uh, doesn't understand. But everything about the aesthetic of and maybe it was the moment I was watching. Uh, in that movie, because obviously he does get, like, fucking put in the electric chair from what I remember. Mm-hmm. And then it starts It's shot. pretty dark. <laughs> so, it was just like – and it was like – I remember, like, these extreme close-ups and, like – and it was just like, I don't like this at <laughs> all. Like, I don't care for it. And um, so, yeah, I didn't I didn't even realize they were, like, a real movies until uh, many years later. I thought Ernest Scared Stupid was, the, was them trying to make a real movie out of it that they released in theaters and – I don't think it was till like probably I was like in high school and worked at the video store that I like finally realized oh these are movie like these are all movies so my so my knowledge is completely lacking I did a little bit of research for the show and obviously uh, listened to uh, to your guys's first episode but I probably would have gone my entire life without watching an Ernest movie um, if 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 you guys hadn't asked me to be on this podcast can you mm. call that a life though. I mean, <laughs> people say that about drowning. Also, you like you probably would have gone your whole life without drowning if it had not been for that time you fell off the cruise ship. Well, and maybe and maybe I'm kind of speaking to an element of your audience because obviously, you know, I tell from listening to the, your guys' first episode that you guys kind of grew up on Ernest, Marcus, you especially, but Peter, you I, you had some familiarity with the character, with the movies, and you you felt affection for them. So maybe I am going to be speaking a little bit from. The the person who like this this boat totally missed my shores and uh <laughs> and i now watched my first earnest movie uh which was the one that was so not successful that they moved it to like another studio or something for before the last one and uh and i'm gonna share my thoughts and i feel re- I'm, I'm gonna let you guys know right now i feel bad about the thoughts i'm going to share because <laughs> i really did i want to i want to let you guys know like i peter and i kind of have a philosophy and we love to watch that if someone says oh yeah you're doing that movie when we're reaching out to guests i hate that movie we're like okay well then maybe pick another one doesn't mean we don't hate movies we sometimes watch on that podcast but we try to look at these things from a positive angle and that's the way i felt um after I listened to your episode, I'm like, okay, you know, sure, nine-year-old me watched 10 minutes of the middle of the movie and what didn't care for it. But, you know, there's, there's obviously some affection. I can I can get into kids' movies. I do it all the time. Uh, I gave a positive review to Boss Baby. Like, like I can get into that mode and, and enjoy this and maybe I'll – maybe I won't like it or have the same affection. But, you know, I'll see it with, uh, with open eyes and – walk away with glad that I had an experience about it and uh, unfortunately that didn't happen at all and I think it was an actively unpleasant experience for me. You know what Aaron? I'm going to say this though. Don't feel bad about it. 
Uh, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit, and I, I, I feel a little you know angry I, at I, you two. <laughs> like I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm almost convinced that this entire thing was a put on to get me like to watch an earnest movie. Like I feel like, <laughs> I, I, feel like I must have said it at some point, and you and Peter were like, "Hey." I bet we can get him to fucking watch an Ernest movie someday. <laughs> it was all an elaborate ruse yeah. to, to, just to fuck you over. Uh, but no, like, I, I totally agreed with you. And you were like, I didn't know anyone growing up that was also into the Ernest movies or talked about it. Me neither. That was just me. <laughs> uh, you were that kid. I was that kid. And you didn't know yourself. So you can't say that you knew anyone. Yeah. But no, uh, here's the thing is that in earnest fandom or in earnest nostalgia which is i think more what earnest fandom is uh is just uh, some kids that kind of remember watching these growing up earnest scared stupid is always the one that people say like that was the best one that was my favorite it's the one they go back to it's the one that they'd still want to watch on halloween and stuff it's actually i, would, I don't want to say one of my least favorite because this series does have a serious nosedive coming up uh but i looked at some like titles. the original <laughs> out of the original four it's probably my least favorite Wow. So I, uh, as an adult, I'm returning to the series that I was lightly, lightly exposed to as a kid. Um, and I rather enjoyed this one. Uh, I thought it was kind of fun. I thought it was like a, a kooky kids horror. Um, as we've been doing on We Love to Watch this month for Spooktober, we've been watching a lot of kids horror. So this is sort of like... Uh, this kind of aligned with the, those goals where I was like, okay, this isn't necessarily going to be scary to me as an adult. It's not necessarily going to, you know, have a lot of like creative uh, horror me mechanisms in it, but um, I'm going to get some, get to see some cool uh, practical effects and I'm going to see uh, Ernest fight some monsters. And from that perspective, I really, really enjoyed it. So I do like the effects a lot. I will, I will it, give it that. And it ends yeah. with, like, it ends like Nightbreed or something. It's like a <laughs> massive monster fight against, like, like, and, but it's got, like, kids with guns versus, um, so, uh, we, but I will say this. So the, the movie itself was kind of a, a pretty much a aggressively unfunny dud for me. Here's my sort of blasphemous statement, though. I think if you took out Ernest, the movie would be an acceptably okay '90s kids horror movie. I just so if it's just called Scared Stupid. Well, just like well, that's make, actually make make the kids the protagonist because as someone who didn't get Ernest, like I didn't, I honestly didn't understand. And I don't mean that like I saw him and I didn't get it. I mean that I didn't know what he was supposed to be. I thought he was maybe like a kid's version of Jim Carrey or just like a just like a or a dummy like he was like a, a one one stooge all on his own and having watched this movie I still have no fucking idea what Ernest is supposed to be like half the stuff he doesn't say is recognizable as even an attempt at a joke he's like weirdly smart about some stuff and then like just but then he like walks into things like i don't i didn't he's a bit of an idiot savant we, we covered this last episode no i i know but like no, I we're gonna cover it every week i, I think you yeah. kind of have to ernest is a complicated character he is he is very he is a, a nice vocabulary he can sometimes be like he can sort of like flow from idea to idea but he at the end of the day he is a bullshitter and that's why he's a bullshitter who wants to impress you and wants to make friends um, not to hurt you, not to take your money, but to steal your friendship. So the only thing I could think of, like, or there was any sort of touch point for who, what he was trying to do reminded me of. You know how sometimes Robin Williams would get, like, super into a bit and then just go on these tears that no one really found funny, but everyone just kind of humored. Like, he, 
because it was Robin Williams. It feels and like the energy it, was there and the enthusiasm. Yeah, but it's like you're just going to like weird different places and saying words and they're not really jokes and they're not really funny, but well, you know, eventually you'll probably return to like a normal way of communicating and it's like that but for an entire movie and somehow uh, a hundred times less funny. Which the <laughs> uh, negativity is kind of guiding the conversation. So yeah, so and I'm, I'm very a, sorry. I think we're losing a battle a little bit here. Okay, well uh, here's the thing about this is that I I still enjoy this movie somewhat, but watching it clear eyes as an adult today, and even watching it a lot as a kid, it still was kind of my least favorite of the original four. But yeah, this movie's dumb. Like it's not that great. I do like a lot of the troll effects and the makeup and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, but it's it's not a great movie. It just really is. And even as an earnest movie, it's kind of lower tier. You could kind of feel that this is the fourth movie in the series, and it doesn't seem like he's quite connecting like he did in some of the earlier ones. Um, I I will just say that I did actually see this movie in theaters. This probably one of the first <laughs> theater going experiences that I can remember. I was like four years old at the time. Um, but one of the big things that worked against this movie and why it was the last theatrically released movie is because these were all put out by Disney more or less. They, yeah. they were touchstone, but it was owned by Disney and uh, the director, John Cherry <clears throat> basically had a bit back and forth and fight with the Disney executives about this movie because he was putting like too much snot on the trolls and making them too scary and stuff like that. And he was like, no, this is what it needs to be. Cause they originally wanted like a haunted house earnest movie. And he's like, no, I'm going to do a troll movie. <laughs> um, it, it is a weird choice. Yeah. And it is. And it also, he even talks about it in his book that like, there's basically just came from his head from when he was a kid is that he always thought there was a troll in the woods behind his house that had like two noses and shit. So that was like a childhood fear that he used when he decided to make an earnest horror movie. Um, but honestly, the troll's not everything like that. I don't remember being scared by that at all as a child. However, the opening credits of this movie scared me as a child. And I remember that because it had clips from like Nosferatu and shit like that in there. And just like the, the, the blood effects and like just the, the quick cutting with it. I remember that terrified me as a child. There's a Spongebob episode that features Nosferatu as a joke. And just that singular image of Nosferatu was creepy. So I can see that, especially like silent or black and white horror out of context is like can be very scary because it's like sort of alien. It's the same way like hearing sometimes old like 30s country music. (laughs) <laughs> or 30s like like folksy songs can be like oh am i about to get murdered <laughs> yeah I, I just think pop culture has hijacked it to make the pa- it feel like the past is eating us or something i do have some positive things about this movie there are some parts that i liked i don't know if you want me to just list them or we can kind of get into the movie more and i can talk about that but i did want to let you guys know without trying to be too negative or ruin what you're trying to do here that all of those moments come outside of Ernest, and I do have so I still have so many questions about his character. <laughs> Let's oh, do that so that we can answer your questions. There's so going to be a lot of questions because I I even have plenty that I was thinking about during this movie. <laughs> See, if the show didn't have questions, then why would we be doing it? The show is all about the questions <laughs> and answering the the tough questions. I think. So my first question is that, and I wouldn't have known this if I hadn't heard your first episode, that obviously he started as a commercial pitchman, which, I mean, that part explains so much of his character because he is randomly doing little commercials throughout throughout this movie. So my first question is, are those commercials canon? 
Like, does did the earnest that we see in this movie after going to camp and jail and stuff like that, was it he at one point a pitch man for all of these local Southern products? Possibly. He was actually also still making commercials at least up until like late 80s, early 90s while they were making the movies. And actually, I will go ahead and point this out. Uh, Purity Milk. It was one of the uh, the brands that he he was he was slinging in his commercials, which is the the brand of milk they use in the movie. I think all the Ernest movies work better once you've already fallen in love with a character. So like they are purely for the pre converted, but yeah, they they had put out so many Ernest ads and so many like local ads and stuff that they they were like okay. People are already familiar with this character. We don't need to sell them on it. So the movies sort of sell you on it piece by piece. But like just jumping into any single movie, you might be like, this is dumb. I don't get what he's doing. Well, it kind of works in Ernest Goes to Camp since that's the original kind of like introduce you to him in movie form. But at this point, it's the fourth movie. So I think they think that if you're watching this movie, it's a given you know who Ernest is. It's extremely insular, like trying to... And I think that's why I didn't understand why some stuff was supposed to be funny. And I don't mean like I didn't get the that I didn't get the joke or I didn't find a joke funny. There were so many moments where like I didn't even understand what kind of joke they were trying to make or if it was supposed to be a joke. Like I just I didn't get it. <laughs> like I couldn't understand what they were going for in so many different line readings and, and scenes. Again, not like, oh, that was a lame joke or that was a missed opportunity for a joke or that was a bad joke or that was a clear attempted a joke. It was just like he just says something about something like, um, I'm going to get my, you know, this lawnmower or something. And it's like, I think they they want that to be funny. Where Where is the even like basic frame of that's supposed to be like i just i didn't get it did you watch lawnmower man did you just watch the, the wrong yeah. movie <laughs> yeah Ernest is played by matt fewer right <laughs> oh my god i watched lawnmower man too you watched lawnmower man too you poor poor man um uh, no i he, but he, he did talk about his tools a couple times and yeah. it was like okay so i really didn't get the changing into different characters in like in in different moments like when uh my girlfriend was also confused by this it makes very little literal sense well that is an earnest trope is character montages like that because that goes all the is way that back from to... commercials that has to be from a commercial well no 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 because in the commercials he was just earnest what that stems from is the first like thing that they did together outside of a commercial which was like a uh 60 minute long like special I guess that they just put out on VHS called Hey Vern, It's My Family Album, and it's Ernest going through and getting to play more than just the Ernest character. So he's basically like going through and playing like a good amount of the characters that you saw, like the fighter pilot one, uh, the Auntie Nelda, the old lady one. Uh Like he plays these different characters being like, these are my relatives all over the place. So that's kind of where that stems from. And they just kind of plugged it into the movies. So in the movie logic, is he suffering from an extreme form of multiple personality disorder? which is what the kid at the end says basically yeah he even says it (laughs) Um, one recurring uh question i will have week to week is i want you to do an armchair diagnosis of what Ernest's mental health state is give me some classification on what you think Ernest is as a person i think multiple personality is a pretty Mm -hmm. good bet because i think he's channeling these personalities for power in battles against the 
the the trolls. I should probably run through the plot at some point, but let's do this first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because I'm actually also uh, I was thinking about this as well, and I do think he he possibly suffers from multiple personality disorder. The kid does make a reference to it, but I'm also wondering. Yeah, if that's what it is, this is just in his head that he's doing this. Or is this kid standing there while he changes in and out of different costumes? In which case, they're in a they're in a situation where you know people are getting scared stupid. Like that's pretty serious. <laughs> they should definitely just have Ernest in a regular Ernest costume, working on his his cool gadgets. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. It's a very Pee Wee inventor inventor kind of character. Like they really kind of stole that a bit from peewee i guess our our goal today is going to be decoding what Ernest is for aaron Ernest is a very complicated character he's he's a uh, sort of shakespearean in that way um <laughs> and i'd like to and i'd like to sort of run through the plot real quickly yeah. so we can catch people up so the plot of the movie is and marcus i'd love for you to interrupt me here the plot of the movie is... Peter. Actually, I, Ernest is oh. a garbage man in a small town. He's moved on from his previous adventures working at a camp. Uh, saving Here's Christmas. the thing. This is the big question that came up in the beginning of this movie for me. Because this movie takes place in Briarville, Missouri... I, my immediate thought was like, man, Ernest is like a real drifter. He just goes from like place to place and, and city to city, like taking on these weird, odd jobs and then just going on to the next location like the Incredible Hulk or something. But no, like his family is from this place and his great great grandfather was like here and he's just been here the whole time. So it's like this just is either a prequel before he goes to camp and does these other things or just they reset the timeline each movie. Do you think there was potentially too many Amber Alerts at the other places he was? I'm assuming <laughs> taking kids and just hanging out with them while very disturbed parents called the police that he just moved home where they didn't mind his kid befriending behavior or well that's the thing about this movie because the biggest problem i had with it was immediately as soon as a kid disappeared or anything happened i was like how is Ernest not the number one suspect how is he not getting beaten up in an interrogation room right now <laughs> like because again he this this <laughs> min, this kind of mentally slow like janitor type garbage man that hangs out with all the city's children all of a sudden a child goes missing like they burned freddy krueger in a fire for that <laughs> <laughs> Mentally slow, but also when asked, has a firm grasp of like the history of the Ottoman Empire. Like you mentioned a diagnosis, Peter. I think he might just be an asshole who pretends to be an <laughs> idiot, but like knows all this random stuff and is like competent when he wants to be. I, I don't know. But he's like half living like a Charles Bukowski life, just like, no, yeah. I gotta live in the dregs of society if I'm gonna be real, man. He's like an Andy <laughs> Kaufman character that didn't stop. <laughs> He might just have arrested development. Like, he might just, like, refuse to grow up. And then he's like, uh, hey, Vern, uh, I'm going to need you to uh, keep this child in your basement for a little bit. Uh, don't let him run home to his parents just yet until I get over the state lines. Uh, know what I mean? <laughs> know what I mean? That actually is our first recurring segment, uh, which is, uh, has your earnest impression improved since the last episode? I'm going to say yes for me. I think yours has. Mine has not. I have actually been trying. I've been watching, like, commercials. I've been, like, practicing it. And I think I just suck at voices, guys. So here's the thing. In a movie... Get out of our network. So <laughs> In a movie, you'd be trying so hard... Uh, and I'd be, you know, just like riding my natural ability. And eventually you would overcome my natural ability. But this isn't a movie, so... 
Um, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. So the Ernest is a garbage man, dash ch- likely child abductor, but unproven in the film. Well, because um, trolls exist in this universe. <laughs> because trolls exist in this universe, otherwise everyone would suspect Ernest. So we get a we're treated to a flashback to uh, the 1800s uh, when a troll, we don't really know what it is at first, just a monster is being buried alive underneath a tree. Ernest's great-great ancestor uh, is uh, a priest, like basically like saying a, you know, uh, a witch trial kind of like sermon over this thing. And uh, the thing, as it's being buried, this troll, we find out it's a troll later, Plants a curse on and all the people, notably all the on Great Papa World the priest on Great Papa World that his his descendants will get dumber and dumber, thus giving Ernest an origin story that he the reason he's stupid is because of a curse. Yeah, which is a little weird, but of course supernatural elements are kind of a thing in Ernest movies. Like they 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 come up uh, from time to time. Also, I don't think it was quite that long ago because I believe that Eartha Kitt is character was the little girl in the beginning. So I think maybe like more 1900s i don't think it okay. went quite that far back because i believe like it was like her sister that and stuff that got you know taken by the troll the first time and then she grows up to be uh you know the the old lady at a natural pace whereas the yeah. the siblings are frozen in wood jumping back to modern day uh all you need to know is underneath a tree there is a uh troll buried and uh if Ernest says a specific set of words over that tree then the troll will be awakened he'll start eating kids when he gets 5 kids he'll grow into an uber troll and dr- uh, grow a troll army However, I do have to say that that whole scene of like, you know, win a world like you. And when he puts his, it's like puts his hands on a tree like this. Yeah. Again, <laughs> so I think like, he's an asshole. I think he knows because I think he's doing it on purpose. Well, no, it's a, there's a sweetness to it because he rolls his eyes like, like this would ever happen. Just like not connecting in his head that like he's doing the exact thing that will release the troll. Like it's, it's cute in a way. Like I actually, that tickled me a little. That'll be that'll be a question we have to answer as well. Is is Ernest a hero or the greatest villain of the piece? <laughs> um, but he he is a garbage man. He's befriending the local children. Um, you know, as most uh, people that look like Jim Varney and are garbage men uh, do in towns. Uh, you, you guys remember the name of your local garbage men growing up, right? You were you were best friends with them. Yeah, I, sa- I saved him from uh, getting squashed in his own garbage truck, as all kids do at one point. That'll happen. So we have to. Well, there's a new addition to the group, and I since we kind of jumped out of order uh, to fit Spooktober and Christmas season demand. Marcus, I'm going to need you to. Just tell me, just tell me straight out, uh, who is Rimshot? Uh, so Rimshot showed up in the previous movie, Ernest Goes to Jail, as his dog, and they brought him back for this one because it worked. It was a cute dynamic, I guess. Uh, give him a dog, at least, since he's not going to have a girlfriend or anything and he's hanging out with all these kids. At least he has a dog. You gotta fuck something uh, at yes, the end. Yes, Okay, so the dog is genius in a lot of ways. Well, for one, it was the only part of the movie my girlfriend liked. It's a pretty good dog. Uh, Rimshot is an interesting dog because when I heard his name, I was like, Slam Dunk Ernest hasn't happened yet, but he sounds like Ernest would have a like Airbud-esque sidekick who's a dog that's good at basketball. Ain't nothing in the rule book that says that a dog can't play basketball. So 
Rimshot has nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> he is the cutest part of the movie. So here's here's the genius of Rimshot. Ernest kind of needs somebody who will be loyal to him and stick by him and be his buddy, but isn't a human being because we know through experience with Vern that... They can't stand him for that long. They can't stand him that long, but the dog loves him. Unconditionally. And I think Ernest is a great dog friend. Yeah, absolutely. But not only that, but he also kind of doesn't take Ernest's shit. When, when Ernest kind of like offhandedly insults him a little bit, no, he doesn't, he doesn't do what he wants. He doesn't help him out. Yeah, exactly. The dog that played uh, Rimshot, his name was Barkley, and he was the same dog used in Ernest Goes to Jail, uh, and was apparently also in Clean Slate with Dana Carvey. <laughs> so this is a bit of celebrity we're seeing. Maybe an arguably bigger actor than Jim It's Barkley. a celebrity dog. <laughs> As they're going, uh, Ernest is sort of an inventor, a tinker. The garbage truck uh, is one of his inventions. He's trying to figure out a garbage truck that can like pick up a bunch of trash cans at once. Uh not even that. It's it, it, He has, like, mops with soap water going into trash cans. I don't know what the invention is supposed to do, actually. I think it makes meth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Vern, I found a drug that'll let me make inventions all night. Did he say Vern at any point? No, he did not. Vern, okay. I, at least not that I noticed he was Because I was like, oh, man, I'm going to hear this. Hey, Vern, this whole fucking podcast is named after. So, recurring segment uh, denied in this episode. Uh, no references to Vern. Uh, Vern is a more However, virgin thing from the, the commercials and the show. Not entirely, because again, wait wait till next month's, or the, the next episode, or the, the Christmas episode anyway, because he yeah. shows up in that. Pretty disappointed, you guys. That's the other thing about this, is that Ernest is the most common character to these movies, and then they sort of flow in some of his, his, his regulars as well, but Vern is not a regular, because, like, Vern is just... It's the camera. ...audience surrogate. <laughs> it's supposed to be a camera. It's supposed to be this sort of, like... Vern doesn't really have a personality, except for that he's annoyed by Ernest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ernest was actually created to be kind of this annoying guy, but annoying guy you found funny and kind of charming. And they had to find out through trial and error that you couldn't be that mean to Ernest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which again, I mean, to to a point, because I have to admit there were a couple times in this movie where, you know, people were kind of like overly mean to Ernest and I immediately hated those people. There was a lot of oh, missing yeah. kids. It feels like feels like they had some reasons to be a little bit on the on the touchy side. Well, I mean, but we all knew it wasn't Ernest. <laughs> This this Let's wasn't prisoners. Like we knew like what was going on the whole time. I mean, you you're a better character witness for him than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll be the first to say it. I would trade a hundred children's lives just to have Ernest in my town. <laughs> just to just to put a smile on his face. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a hundred children that are terrible. So that it depends. Is it? Random children are like the worst ones. It's an unfiltered selection of children. These are not drilled down in any sort of demographics yeah. for like uh, meanest children or like most likely to be a serial killer or nothing like that. Just like 100, a random sample of 100 children. I would trade their lives gladly for Ernest to be in my town. Well, you're a solid dude, Pete. Let's wrap up the plot real quick. Uh, Ernest accidentally unwa- uh, wakes up the troll by following the exact procedure that you're supposed to wake up the troll. Immediately uh, after he's told about it. He's told about it from a witch played by Eartha Kitt. She's not um, a witch. She's she, not a witch? No. No, not at all. No, she she's like a welder. Like, she makes art pieces. She, she's just... No, she's just dressed like a Doc Brown Ghostbuster. That's all it is. <laughs> Okay. 
So, uh, Eartha Kit. Uh, Don't worry, Peter. Eartha I think Kit she's awake. With the, with the troll story and with the troll legend, because her fa- her sister got taken by the troll when yes. she was a kid. I don't think so, she's a witch. I think she just like is obsessed with this one thing, and then happens to make like you know welding art pieces. Okay, 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 Marcus. I hear you. <laughs> want an entire spin-off series about Eartha Kitt and Eartha Kitt, Eartha Kitt is a delight in this movie. She is a solid addition to the Ernest franchise. I have a note about her in this. Uh, it says poor Eartha Kitt. <laughs> she she owns it, man. She throws herself into this movie. She's really good. My point was that Eartha Kitt is sort of a strange person in town. It's sort of like flowing through the events while the troll is uh, abducting kids and turning them into wooden dolls. And he's gathering up with these wooden dolls, and then as the movie goes on, um, he's gathering them up in the, the trunk of this tree. This tree happens to be where Ernest and these his friends decided to uh, make a tree house, and that's why... And his friends. Yeah, his... his- Straight up friends, because Ernest is a child, yeah. right? No. He's the heart of a child. He may have a heart of a child, but he's got the body of a grown adult. At one point when one of the kids gets a kiss from a girl, he, like, high fives him. Like, you can't, you can't make an 11-year-old friend and then, like, get that invested in his romantic life. It's not okay. It's not okay, Ernest. Ernest is, like, the father that all of them wish they had, because all their dads and moms are kind of dicks in this movie. Uh, so... Well, they're adults. It's it's kids versus adults, and Ernest is like the weird middle ground between that. He's an adult, so like they they respect his opinion and like it when they respect their when he respects their opinion. But he's still childlike enough to connect with them. I just want to be and clear: I, what you guys are defending, I I, <laughs> um, I don't well, know. Neither one of us I, have look, children, I haven't, so I haven't read that much about Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> but I'm I'm starting to think that this is like you guys have been captivated by Ernest and are like defending him from all criticism. Listen, all I'm saying is that Ernest is above morality. Uh, he supersedes it. And uh, that uh, anything you could throw at him, he could throw right back at you. So oh, him and God wow. have something in common. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, exactly. But it, so and it's innocent enough in this movie because in this movie, Ernest doesn't fuck. He definitely doesn't oh, fuck in this movie. All right, yeah. Well, hold on. Hold on. Ernest at the end in this movie he grabs that dog kisses its face and goes off camera i don't know that's that's best friends that's all that is wow aaron um i'm never gonna kiss you on the mouth and walk off camera i guess people are just gonna think we're having sex like at most Ernest yeah, might be down probably that's what they would think <laughs> peter if you kissed me on the mouth and then walked somewhere like grabbed me by the hand and took me to another room i think that's probably what people would think <laughs> i think they're interpreting that pretty accurately given the circumstances and, and the information they have and that's fine, okay? And Because you guys fine. know it's just best friends. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Ernest is a, a super moral character who supersedes morality. And I think, frankly, trying to judge him on those levels is a, is a fool's game. All right, let's finish this plot. Because I do want to get to some stuff I liked and why why I made my uh, assertion. Ernest, uh, all of his, his child friends eventually are abducted, turned into wooden dolls, most of them, and then... Uh, we eventually learn at some point that milk is poisonous to trolls. Uh, the, tr- the head troll uh, builds his troll army, wakens them up, uh, and then 
there's a big battle. The whole third act is a big battle between kids with uh, milk super soakers and uh, this troll army and Ernest uh, fighting, you know, down sort of a siege movie as well from like Ernest uh, shooting down stuff from the top of the tree house because he has all of his fun inventions. He has like, uh, you know, guns that fire pizzas and fire ice cream and stuff and milk kills the the creatures so do you realize um, how dumb everything you're saying is right now it's uh it's great it works Um, (laughs) like like his great inventions like drinking a glass of milk and spitting it on someone (laughs) (laughs) all of his clever plots he has yeah oh his his machinations (laughs) um so the deal is that uh, Ernest eventually kills the troll uh, through the power of love, as Huey Lewis uh, and the news once said. And uh, don't take money. Yeah. Don't take fame. Don't take fame. Don't take no credit card to ride this train. <laughs> I love the table tap that picked up when you did that. <laughs> you, that was emphasis, that. baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Ernest wins the day by loving the troll uh, after it's turned into a super troll that is immune to milk. So, Uh, here's the thing about that. One, I have no idea why in troll lore uh, a mother's, uh, like, unconditional love and milk, like mother's milk, work against trolls. Why are trolls so anti-mom? I also don't get how... It's the breakdown of the American family. First it was Hillary Clinton's Take It Takes a Village, (laughs) and then it was this movie, basically. And now it's trolls. Uh, But no, and then like him defeating the troll with unconditional love means that he dances with him briefly and plants a smooch on him that he immediately does his ew thing afterwards. How is that unconditionally loving if he's immediately disgusted by what he just did? I understand that as well because uh, Ernest is such a loving fellow when he wants to be. Uh, I, I would When there are children around, forces, yes. I figure Cosmic Forces would know the difference between him faking it or not. You would think. You'd think. So Aaron, so Aaron, as as this movie just cracked your top ten favorite movies of all time, um, can you defend the ending for us? Uh, no, uh, but I did. I did like. I I liked it. Like I liked that he. That was some goofy, acceptable fun. Like I don't know, it's such a weird way to put it, but it wasn't like I enjoyed it. But I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool for like you know a kids horror movie. He just hugs the monster and then the monster can't deal with that because the monster is made of pure rage and hate and that's that's fine yeah Yeah, it's it's a very good kid message that like you know love defeats hate like it's a sort of stuff kids need to hear if someone thinks trying to kill you give it a hug and if someone pulls a gun on you in an alleyway to take your money give that gun a big hug (laughs) <laughs> Give him a big hug, dance around with them, plan a smooch on him, and then seem disgusted by I it. mean, honestly, hug is actually your last resort. Throw some milk on that gun. <laughs> um, Hugs are the last line of defense. <laughs> <laughs> but the ending is this, like, chaotic, nightbreed-esque yeah. situation where there's, like, there's like three-tiered battle between, like, uh, trolls on different levels trying to literally murder people and then kids coming up with super so full of milk uh, saving them. It's a sort of battle where uh, you get to get excited for the kids defeating evil and then but you need Ernest to have a win at the end. Uh, as you've been watching it, the reason that I called Arthur Kid a witch is because you're watching her during the movie. I think she's coded as one because she's gathering up all these dolls 
And you're like, what the fuck is she doing with those wooden dolls? And then, oh, those are the ones left over from the original troll thing when they caught it and put it under the tree. Like, they didn't yes. break the curse, they just buried him, so those were just what was left over. She collected them. Those people are going to have a hard time adjusting to uh, the racial sensitivities of the year 2017. 1991. Um, so not that hard. Yeah, so not that hard. Yeah, no, uh, pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> In my head headcanon, um, every Ernest movie that comes out, uh, the, the chronology is updated to uh, present day. Because I can, because I want um, to believe that Jim Varney can never die, and he can't, because I've willed it so. Well, he can't again. That's actually true. Yeah, so you didn't so, make yeah, a false you're statement. You're right. <laughs> In 2017, Jim Varney cannot die. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. You're trying to make me cry right now. Um, <laughs> so, Aaron, you had some positives about the film. I'd love you I, to so I, I did. extrapolate on them for like three to four hours. Okay, so the bones of this movie is... Take us to the bone zone. Yeah, I'll take it right to the bone zone. <laughs> Off screen as I, after a long kiss. Um, <laughs> just friend stuff. Uh, so, so, no, I, I think the bones of this movie are good. I um, So I did really like the, um, you guys kind of mentioned it, I really like the practical effects. I, I actually think there's some legitimate, like, scares in this movie that are effective. Like, uh, when the troll pops out of random places. Like, it, it's not like it terrified me as a as an adult, but, like, jump scare, kid horror movie, effective. The troll design's really good. I love, love the weird um, bulging egg sacks every time he makes a kid that get bigger yeah. and you're not sure what they are. Um, I, those are really creepy. Yeah, those are like great. weird troll pod people things. Yeah, I love the troll fight at the end where they all start hatching. Um, I, I think the the kids being kind of turned into these statues is is super creepy. Um, so mm-hmm. I could easily see this being you know um, you you make the movie about like um, the these these this group of friends who goes to go build a tree fort out in the woods and they accidentally release a troll curse. Um, and one by one, they're getting uh, getting picked off. And then eventually there's one or two of them left that kind of figure out the solution and then do this whole thing. Like, I think the movie works um, well as like just a kid's horror movie. And I think by inserting Ernest into it, you have something that, that takes away a lot of my enjoyment of what could have been because I just I didn't. I'm not trying to get into a negative space again, but I just... So did you want more of like a like a Monster Squad kind of movie? Like you wouldn't have plugged in a different kind of like child icon or like child star to like be in his place? Again, I think I think that Ernest was a, uh, a distraction and he, and he took over the movie. So I think when, you, when you're saying, Marcus, like, I don't think the kids are that good. I agree. They're not given much to do. But if you just replaced Ernest and put like him or a couple other kids in there, and this is a movie about like kids releasing a curse and fighting monsters, there's enough interesting idea with the trolls. There's enough interesting idea with, uh, so not exactly a monster squad, but like, yeah, normal kid nineties horror movie. They release. Well, yeah. Monsters. Well, it seems like it's a little dark enough to where it could lead to like a monster squad or like the gate or something like that and be kind of a cool kids horror movie. Yeah. And, and the problem was, is that, is that I didn't find Ernest appealing. And if you don't find Ernest appealing, um, and you find him like, uh, you know, aggressively difficult to even giving it, I believe my best effort to like try to 
understand at the very least how like a kid could like this it 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 makes it very hard to enjoy those moments just because he's i mean it, it is earnest scared stupid he's omnipresent so like being able to pick out these areas that work is really is is easy to do but you don't really get to enjoy them because like you have the the troll army fight or these other things kind of dominated by Ernest. and i I was gonna save this for the end for you peter and marcus but i guess i as long as i'm talking about this before we get into some scenes that you guys want to talk about i have an honest question for you guys um do you guys believe it is possible um and not like in an infinite universe thing but do you think it's possible for someone in their 20s in their 30s who has never seen Ernest to like understand or appreciate the the character by just watching one of these movies watching this with an open mind and really hoping to see what you guys saw in it and I was just met with something that it it started to be like if you guys have ever smoked when you're on an airplane and you can't have cigarettes where I just wanted it to be over (laughs) I, I feel like the answer to that question is yes it is possible but I don't think with this movie I think this is probably a bad introduction to do it I feel like Ernest Goes to Camp is maybe something that's a little bit more universal that you might have enjoyed more so. Uh, I feel like Ernest Goes to Jail is just kind of like a really kind of weird comedy that kind of works on a lot of different levels. Like there's some really good aspects of like physical comedy in that and stuff. Uh, It Saves Christmas is just kind of cute. It's just kind of cute movie. So like that might get you a little bit. This one is a bit weirder and it being a horror movie and the elements that work are kind of outside of Ernest in this movie because like I love the practical effects and the troll costumes and stuff they were actually done uh by the chiodo brothers who did who like wrote and directed killer clowns from outer space yeah. and like did the effects for that so you like tell yeah and so that works really well for me but yeah like the earnest stuff is probably like more or less even for me pretty weak in this movie <laughs> I would agree it's a bad introduction, but like I was saying earlier, I think all of Ernest helps the whole. So, like, I wasn't a big Ernest fan until fairly recently, and I and I kind of, when we created the show, I was coming uh, as, like, I'm the soft Ernest fan, uh, and Marcus is the... The hard Ernest fan. The hard Ernest fan. And uh, now... Gotta be a better way to say that, Peter. Both hardcore... Nope. (laughs) There's no... This is is the way you say it. Not one that's Um, gonna be accurate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if you want me to soften my language and maybe make myself less accurate, we can do that. But I would never so, want that. <laughs> what I'll say is this, uh, that I think getting exposed to the ads, getting exposed to – which there's like YouTube compilations. Like they are very famous. Like people like love watching these even though you've never heard of any of the products because they're like hyper local. Like what was the milk company you were talking about, Marcus, that's featured? Oh, Purity. It's a Purity dairy products. So like in this, they have Purity regular milk, Purity chocolate milk, Purity cottage cheese, like all of that. He has pimped out in commercials before. So like I was wondering if they were either still working with them at the time and they were like, hey, you guys can get in here for like, you know, give us some money for the movie and we can do this. Or if like they kind of did it as like a deal with them, just like, Hey, we kind of don't have time to make more commercials for you. You want to just be in our movie? Uh, those sort of products are so local and so specific that like when you're watching the ads, you're not like, Oh shit, another fucking Coca-Cola ad. When you're watching the ads, you're like, Oh, I'm see, I'm hanging out with my buddy Ernest. That I could understand because I mean, there's joy in watching like 
local commercials in general, depending on uh, what they're trying to do or their level of competency. So I don't buy that like 30 seconds of of the earnest character in a local commercial wouldn't be entertaining to watch, even in, you know, many incarnations in a row in some sort of supercut. I just because well, it's all just like a single bit per yeah. commercial, so it works. So I guess I guess here's the, here's what maybe I I want some clarification on. So what in this movie that Ernest did was funny. Like obviously, there's some stuff I recognize as jokes. Like I recognize that him walking into stuff or accidentally turning around and hitting. But like, did you guys honestly? Did you guys laugh watching this movie? Did or was the humor that you guys or the the affection that you may have had for parts of it just like like watching a, f- a friend of some, on some level like a recurring character that you love get into mischief or was there was there anything that you actually felt like like I, I everyone should find this funny because it's just self contained humorous. Well, like we kind of talked about with the TV episode, it's more his kind of throwaway lines, like the kind of subtler under the radar lines. Those are the ones that always make me laugh more. And especially in this one, like there were a few smaller jokes that actually made me laugh as opposed to the bits that he was doing and like the getting hurt bits like that didn't really do anything for me anymore. But I'm sure as a kid, I'm just like, haha, he got hit funny. There's a, a recurring joke through this that's like uh, Ernest as a kid where he's like, I never knew when to quit. Just to ask my fourth grade teacher and then uh she's like he never did and then hit him on the back of the head like that's like a really funny that is that is the funniest joke in the movie but they only do it once yeah well especially that they cut back to it later like that that worked out pretty well actually so like there's a lot of little jokes like in the movie that are the the smaller detailed moments are funnier than like i don't think Ernest shooting somebody with uh, pizza or uh, Ernest uh, having a fucked up trash compactor thing is funny. I don't think any of the big like prank things about Ernest are funny. I just think like little throwaway lines are funny about him and yeah. I'm already in love with him. So like it's sort of like a I'm like I'm seeing more of my friend and he's like such a wholesome character. It's sort of a Kermit thing where like the wholesomeness is part of the bag. There, there was a, the scene when they're in their woods and they're walking around and it, it, it kind of remind me a little bit of Ernest goes to camp a little bit but he was just kind of like oh yeah if you ever lose your way like a surefire way to find uh, your your way north is, is that I've learned is that bark always grows on the outside of the trees (laughs) like just but he's kind of like slowing down and like realizing he doesn't know what he's talking about mid-sentence and it kind of trails off a little bit like that works for me there's a scene where like he's about to start building the treehouse and he like licks the hammer before he hits the first nail like little shit like that makes me laugh so I'm wondering if maybe, and since this is only your second of 13 episodes, one thing that might be interesting to do on this podcast, because my guess is that I'm not the only person that listens because, uh, you know, Peter and Marcus, I would listen to a podcast that you guys uh, do, whether I knew the subject matter or not. It might oh, be interesting to, to do a, um, a, is this a good entry point into, or like, is this, a, is this for anybody or is this for fans only? I think this is for fans only and only nostalgic fans that haven't watched it since childhood. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question to ask. I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's a solid movie, but I think that a lot of the joy comes from already loving Ernest. So if you're not already converted to loving Ernest, I think that this movie is going to fall short for you. But like, there's little there's little lines like 
troll says like you will die for the disgrace of your forefathers and Ernest says something like I didn't have forefathers I just have one father and I don't really know him that well like that's like a there's like a, there's like a lot of lines in there that are only funny because it's like you know the sense because you're, you're doing the oh Ernest like it's kind of like that it does uh specifically hint at that line specifically hints that uh Ernest is the sadness uh, that he has the pathos Ernest that he has inside sadness. him yeah i think my best theory is that Ernest has an arrested development but not the sort of arrest development that leads to like um being predatory towards children like the sort of arrest development that leads towards somebody just acting like a child and like having trouble dealing with the adult world and i honestly feel like Ernest is an orphan the more i think about it yeah. because everything i've seen in the movies the way he is with with children like the way he is kind of a a, a man child himself and all these references he makes he even talks about when he was in school and stuff but like i don't remember ever seeing any kind of reference to his parents like other like that line is probably the most I've ever seen in one of those. So I'm surprised there's not any kind of flashback to like you know small Ernest you know being chastised by his mother or anything. So maybe he's just an orphan and that's why he identifies so much with kids and like kind of is in this this state. He like was traumatized at youth and just kind of stayed in that head frame. And he wanted to traumatize other youths. Well, yeah, you you know. Got to give what you get, right? Yeah, and so, and, and part of the reason I, I honestly am, am wondering if, at the very least, and, and we can get into some stuff that you guys like, so I don't just take over this this broader thing. But obviously, this this kind of was a whole new experience for me. You know, I, I I am curious at the very least to go. Okay, you guys clearly have some affection. Uh, Peter and I especially have a very similar taste in things. Marcus, uh, based on the episodes you cover on your other podcasts we have at least a you know somewhat similar taste as well so what what am i missing and if this wasn't the right movie for me to enter on maybe at some point i should circle back around and and watch another one i was confused for a lot of the movie as to what what is here that i don't see I honestly feel like going back and watching just the first movie, Ernest Goes to Camp, is probably the best entry point to the series. Like, other than going back and actually watching the commercials or watching, like, you know, the little short films they made and stuff before. But just the first feature film, Ernest Goes to Camp, is probably the best entry point and probably at least the most grounded out of any of the movies because it like immediately went from that to like oh Santa Claus is real and they're elves and Ernest is flying in a sleigh to like oh Ernest goes to jail and almost gets put to death but then he gets electrical powers to oh Ernest fights trolls to oh Ernest gets magical basketball shoes from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like the series kind of like takes a very odd and crazy turn very quickly so the first one is probably the best entry point to get to know the character in a more or less grounded world and by this one they were already kind of turning Ernest into a like a hero figure that they'll do a lot a lot more later uh literally Eartha Kitt refers to him as the great redneck hope at one point yeah so they're kind of idolizing him at some point. That was hearing him referred to as a redneck was kind of funny because, like, I don't think that felt out of place. <laughs> I don't think his southernness had been highlighted as as much until now. But maybe I'll be a little bit of a Rosetta Stone for those people that are listening and going, "Yeah, I don't really get these movies either, or I've never seen them." Well, I, I do want to ask Aaron a question though. So obviously, I, I understand that you didn't get this. You're a grown man watching Arna Scared Stupid for the first time. Like even me, 
as an Ernest fan watching it, like I wasn't as into it <laughs> as I thought I would be. Actually, uh, I will say this movie is much better directed than like Ernest Goes to Camp. Like it looks better. There's a lot better shot compositions and camera movements in it and stuff. It's a better directed movie and it has great effects, but I didn't dig it that much either. My question is, so obviously you didn't enjoy it, but you were also a father. Would you show your child an Ernest movie or Ernest Scared Stupid? No, for a variety of reasons. One, part of being a child is also realizing you don't have enough time that you'd like to spend with your kid. So there Mm -hmm. are so many movies that I can't wait to show her (laughs) that like I probably wouldn't jump into like an Ernest movie that I didn't care for. Like, how would you feel if, like, you happened to show or she happened to see it and she was, like, as an Ernest fan and wanted to watch all the Ernest movies? Would you watch them with her? Of course. Do you know what okay. being a father's like? You know how much I don't. shit I watch that I hate that I fucking, like, I have seen every Sophia that first episode, like, at least 10 to 20 times. <laughs> I again I, I watch Ernest movies and I'm like I hate these fucking kids in the movie <laughs> like I, I, I have I have no idea what it's like to be a father you wanted to be the kid uh, no it is uh, I would have been a better kid <laughs> like you know I, I try to sometimes steer her towards like hey do you want to try watching this um, you know because maybe it's something I'll enjoy a little more than whatever uh, she would pick but you know, sometimes that works, and sometimes I'm stuck watching uh, Paw Patrol or Sophia the First or all that kind of stuff. And you know, if that's what she wants to watch, that's what I—that's what I'm going to watch. I know I would never would have, and because I try to think about it from like my own perspective as, as a child. Like, if I wanted to watch Ninja Turtles, and my dad's like, "No, no, 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 Andy Griffith show. Let's just let's just watch the Andy Griffith show," I would have been like, oh, "God damn it, Dad." <laughs> You know, oh, do you realize like Ernest in this movie, as weird as he is with kids, he does say the phrase yummy little kid at some point in time. Like, (laughs) uh, like it. it, Yeah, because he dresses Rimshot up like a Boy Scout and was going to use him as bait for the troll. And he was like, now that you're dressed up like a yummy little kid and then later goes on to be like, you're actually make you're a great dog, but you make an ugly child. (laughs) And just like, you're not up to my child's standards, Rimshot. (laughs) I think it's just the only people that give him the time of day and that he can be friends with that actually like show him any respect or will talk to him. I guess he's not fixating on children because he is a child himself. Like, it's not like he's like, oh, I want to recapture that because he's living in that. I feel like they gravitate towards him. Yeah, he's a kid magnet. Basically, it's the kid's fault is what I'm saying. <laughs> this Okay, so we can skip past uh, question number six, which is does Ernest fuck? Uh, no, no, that no, we know of. No, maybe possibly a dog, but um, or a troll, <laughs> or a troll. Um, what do, what do we got left? I just... Uh, oh, uh, a, a superhuman strength or abilities. Like, how many times should Ernest have died in this movie? Definitely um, once in the first five minutes. Trash compactor. Yeah, that yes. he was folded in two. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, he got hit by a truck. At one point, because remember the troll throws him off of the back of the truck in a barrel and then Chuck and Bobby or Tom and Bobby because they couldn't get uh, Gaylord Sartain back in this. Uh, So, yeah, they hit him in the barrel with a truck and you can see in the shot, it's very brief, but you can see like the dummy Ernest they had in the barrel like flying out to the side as he's run over by a tire. It is so weird because it's like 
it, it is like, do children enjoy watching him get hurt? Because, like, the trash compactor thing is more terrifying than anything. It's also weird that he has a conversation with that baby doll before trying to save his own life. That's a whole different thing. You know, let's not get into that. Yeah, Ernest has some uh, disassociative problems with uh, who he is, uh, who who other people are, what qualifies as a person. That seems more like a picked up bit because that's not something that like Ernest really did a lot of, it seemed like. But in Ernest Goes to Camp, uh, the guy that usually plays Chuck, uh, that played, you know, the one of the chefs in there, he did that when he was, like, throwing things into his eggs erroneous machine. He would, like, talk for the lobster and, like, talk for the little Italian uh, Alfredo doll that he had. Like, he did that more so. So I think maybe that was something that they just kind of picked up and would let other characters do as well or at least let like an Ernest or a Chuck do um yeah he's just he has a few moments in this where I'm like okay so he's a rubber he's a rubber hero and <laughs> oh Eartha Kit blows fire in his face so he is um fire retardant um he like the T-1000 uh can be bent into any shape and then comes back uh, into normal earnest form. I, I think they're trying to build a uh, heroicism. He's the great redneck hope, yes, but I think they're trying to build a heroicism behind him in this. Not just in that sense, but also in the sense that like he's willing to do anything and get as fucked up as he can to uh, save the day. Yeah, he's got a bit of a, a hero like savior complex. So, um, we have some final thoughts on uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. It's a movie that I think I was the biggest fan of, of all of them, but I definitely agree is sort of a bad entry point for um, Ernesto's um, World <laughs> Is that what we're called? Warlights, uh, P-Fans. What do, what, do, what do we call Ernest fans? Uh, sad. Sad? <laughs> Vernonites? <laughs> Vernonites. Uh, I like Vernonites. Um, they definitely sound like something out of the Bible. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like somebody that like God would kill because they didn't get circumcised fast enough or something. That guy. Uh, what now? <laughs> oh, that guy. Oh. Do you mean that like they didn't get circumcised like early enough in life, or that their actual circumcision just took too long? All of the above. Like, like, <laughs> like they just kept putting it off and like they had like a calendar invite and they kept hitting snooze for like But like nine you know years. If, if the guy doing it has shaky hands, like yeah, it might take a little while. Like that's no fault of theirs. Here's the thing. Um God doesn't give a shit. God don't give a shit. <laughs> 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 All right. uh, that actually would be a better name for your pods not dead podcast it's called god don't, don't give a shit it's <laughs> our tagline yeah. uh so do we have any final moments uh final thoughts on Ernest scared stupid a film that uh i'm a huge fan of it's the best movie ever made and um you guys are wrong I do appreciate you guys having me on, and I, I, it was nice to watch an Ernest movie in some in some weird way, even though I was never necessarily clamoring for it. It was this, you know, it's a big series of films. Um, it's like sushi. You have to yeah, you got it. Yeah, 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 there you go. Sushi's great, though. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyways, I mean, it, you know, I'd never seen one. I probably never would have seen one. I do, you know, Peter and I talk about this on our show a lot, where at the very least is that I, I enjoy when people are enthusiastic about something, even if it turns out to not be something that I can appreciate in the same way as them, you know. So um, I'm definitely going to keep listening to your podcast. Maybe I will find something that uh, 
that makes me want to try again. I know every time I listen to um, one of my favorite video game podcasts, uh, Watch Out for Fireballs, I end up like, if it's a game I've played, I'm like, fuck, I got to play Dead Space again. And then like two days later, it's like, fuck, I got to play Arkham City again. You know, it's, I don't have time for any of that. But I probably would have time for another Ernest movie, and I, I like hearing people being enthusiastic about it. Well, I'm just going to go ahead so, and call it. I'd say just go ahead and watch Ernest Goes to Africa. I don't think that's going to do it. For yourself. Somehow. For a treat. For yourself. Because so, you deserve it, guys. So, so I hope that the people uh, who really love Ernest that listen to this podcast uh, weren't bothered by letting a novice uh, – come in and at least give his honest assessment of what of what it was like watching an Ernest movie for the first time as a 34-year-old. Um, and uh, I, I'm sorry if I ruined uh, everyone's fun. I feel like the people who listen to this probably did get pissed off, especially even me saying that I'm not a huge fan of this because everyone loves Ernest Scared Stupid, I guess, that they love it at all. Yeah, I'm going to release an addendum episode uh, saying that you guys changed your mind and that you actually love it. So. <laughs> and then we died on the way back to our home planet. <laughs> Marcus, what is next for Hey Vern, It's a Podcast? I mean, obviously, we're going to do Ernest Saves Christmas in December. Uh, if we're going to try to get an episode out in November, we could tackle like Ernest Goes to Jail. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Aaron. And, yeah, it's nice uh, to be on a podcast where uh, I don't have to do the slug voice because on the other podcast that I'm a host of, that I'm the host of. Uh, oh, you I, mean co-host? Okay. No, I mean, you're on it, but I'm the host. Yeah, you know that podcast <laughs> that he lets you do with him. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm craft services on your podcast. No, um, it was it was great. It was absolutely great to be on here with you guys. I I do. I feel like I'm going to write a uh, handwritten apology notes later. Like, I'm sorry I said so many negative things about your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I like this, though. I like when there's some conflict. Well, and maybe yeah, it's, it's be... boring, though, if like we're all just like, this is great the whole time. Like, yeah, we have to because a big part of this podcast is not only like, does it hold up or is it good but just like if we even still like it is that just nostalgia is it just like the warmness we have for this character that makes us look past how kind of bad these movies can be and i like to say that uh, i thought we would hit the uh self-reflection point uh later in the series but like fuck it bring it on i i'm all about uh self-reception self-reflection and then self-deception I, sure I, i'm really i'm i want to hear more about self-reception <laughs> is that is that uh, what the kids are saying masturbating now <laughs> yeah no i have a plate in my head that picks up hbo oh so. oh i just assumed that meant that like you're very good at catching yourself when you start to tumble <laughs> <laughs> no i'm bad at very bad at catching myself when i start to tumble um i'm not a graceful man so um, can i ask you do you do you guys have a better way of ending this podcast than our podcast peter uh bye <laughs> oh <laughs> Thanks for listening to Hey Vern, It's a Podcast. To find more by your co-hosts Marcus Jones and Pete Moran, visit crushedcelluloid.com and wltwpodcast.com respectively. Our theme song comes from the lovely Cole Smith and his band, Smiths. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks again, know what I mean?